Welcome to Fitness in the World with Benjamin Kasanji. Last time we were talking about making the invisible tangible. If you've not listened to, to these teachings or you've not watched them, uh, you can go on YouTube and Facebook and get them and so that you catch up. I would also recommend we have a teaching on spirit, soul, and body. That is an audio. I am not so sure if we have any video, but that's audio, so you can request for them also because understanding spirit, soul, and body will help you understand a lot of what we, we share. I feel like spirit, soul, and body is very basic for every Christian. There are many things that you'll get to understand if you've got that. So today I'm going to talk about the God faith, the God faith. And the difference that all the, what would be opposite of the God faith is the human faith. There is, as a human being, you have faith inherently. There is, there is faith for every human being. You are created in God's own image. And when the fall of man came, we, 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 we remained to that, we were restricted or we became limited to the human aspect of faith. We lost we lost that sight to the spirit world, that sight of the realm where God is. So even when we remained with faith, it was not the God kind of faith. We are not operating in that God faith. Actually, I don't want to call it the God kind because it is really the God faith. It is not like God's faith. It is the faith of God. And human faith is this. Many times we are told this, and I've had many people teach and preach and trying to explain faith, but many times we limit it because we explain the human faith uh, to, to, to try to help people understand the God faith. So you'll be told there is a seat, or like this seat that I'm on. How did I just sit on it? Did I inspect it? Did I try to check if the screws are still intact? Did I check if it was not, if these were not just parts put here? How did I believe that if I sit on it, I'll not fall? So many times we are told that is faith. It is true, it's faith, but it is the human faith. You're told when you go on a surgeon's bed, you never ask, can you bring me the surgeon's documents? Can I see where he studied? How did he pass? How did he do his anatomy? You, you don't go through all that. You just sit there and trust him. And even if... A cleaner walked in, dressed like a surgeon, you just allow them to operate on you. And many times it's said that that's faith, it treats faith, but still it's human faith. How you get on an aeroplane and you fly to wherever you go without asking for the qualification of the pilot, the record, the reputation, how long has he been flying, has he ever flown successfully, you don't ask for all that. You just sit and you're sure Emirates, Turkish Air, Mm, Delta, whichever, you're sure it's going to take you to your destiny. And that's also referred to as faith, but it's still human faith. And it is because it has a basis. It's true, you may not inspect, you may not go to find out the qualification of the pilot, the qualification of the surgeon, but there is normally reputation. Before you get into any of these, you, you, you've, you've, you've known there's a reputation. If you're flying with a particular a travel company or airline company, you know that they, they fly every day, they land every day. Somebody who used it recommended it to you. They told you, oh, this one is the best. You can fly with this one. So there's, there's that knowledge, there's that prior knowledge that gives you confidence. Then even the seat that I'm sitting on, I'm seeing it. You, you see the seat. You see, the God kind of faith would be me telling you, sit on this seat here. Now, if you can't sit on this seat... <laughs> This seat here is the one that requires the God kind of faith. This one here is a seat I can see. I can see the way it's placed and I'm like, okay, most probably they placed it there because somebody should sit on it. The, the basis of the God kind of faith is not necessarily what we see, what we've heard, what, 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 has, been, what has been tested by parameters of the world. It, it is not that. And I, I want us to look at Second Samuel chapter 24, we'll read from maybe, let's read from verse 1, we'll go to verse 1 from verse 1 to 4, then we'll skip and go 10 to maybe 12 or 13, we'll go up to there. But I want us to see the contrast here of, because in, in this particular passage we see 
the good faith, what God required, and we see the human kind of faith. Yeah, so Manu will read for us. And again the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. For the king said to Job, the captain of the host, which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. And Job said unto the king, Now the Lord thy God add unto the people, and how many soever they be, an hundredfold, and that the eyes of my Lord the king may see it. But why doth the Lord the king delight in this thing? Notwithstanding the king's word prevailed against Job and against the captains of the host. And Job and the captains of the host went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. Yes, yeah, so here we are seeing David. David is telling that. He's telling Job and other people, his leaders too, do a census to count the people. This is when they were, they were planning to go for battle. He tells them to number the people. To do a census, and many times we wonder what would be wrong with doing a census. Let's go to verse 10. And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. For when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet God, David's seer, saying, Go and say unto David, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So God came to David and told him, and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land? Or wilt thou flee three months before thine enemies, while they pursue thee? Or that there be three days pestilence in thy land? Now advise, and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. Yeah, so this is God has come to, to David, but you see it begins by saying David's heart smote him. That's King James 4. His, his conscience, there was unrest in his conscience because of the thing that he had done, this, the census that he had carried out. And God came to him, who was a prophet of God, and told him God was displeased with this, and God gave him three options to choose from that either he flees or that's being in exile, being run off by, by his enemies for three months, very hard thing, or seven years of famine, or three days of a plague. <laughs> this is very, imagine what, how coronavirus, what coronavirus has done, and many of us are on lockdown, and yet we've not yet seen it, we've not yet even seen any patient but imagine if he says for three days a plague. That means you're going to see it everywhere. It is not, it is not going to be... A, a, a lockdown is not going to control it. So these were three tough choices that David had to choose from. And you may wonder why, but you see, go read the whole story. This is the thing. God had wanted David because whenever God sent the children of Israel, whenever he sent them for battle, he wanted them to trust him. He wanted them to use the God faith, the faith that was not after numbering people. So David wanted to number the people to see if they are up to the armies that they are going to face. He wanted to know, okay, if the other army has 20,000, are we safe? What if we have 5,000? So he wanted, to, to, he wanted to, to, to get confidence from their number being bigger than the number of the enemies that they were going to face, which annoyed God because... He did not trust God. He did not believe God would do it for them without looking at human beings. So that is the kind of human faith. Human faith is normally in human beings. You say, I really believe I'll get that job. Why? Because my uncle works there. I really believe I'll, I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll excel in school. Why? Because I read so much. It is good. It's not that human faith is bad. It is good, but there is, there is somewhere it cannot reach. They are victories, and that's why he says that we as Christians, we will live by faith. We will walk by faith, and not by what we see, not by our physical senses, not by what we feel. Why? Because God has a better plan for us as children of God. There is a higher life that he wants us to live. So 
this human faith has helped us as human beings in many ways. Human faith has helped me to sit here. Human faith has helped me to know which, which plane to book. Human faith has helped me to know which, which house to live in. It has helped me, so there's, there's, there's an advantage to it. But there's a higher life. There's a life that is beyond choosing a house or a plane to fly on they, that requires the God kind of faith, that requires that which cannot be just touched, seen, or felt. And here we, we see later that 70,000 70, people ended up dying because the, the pestilence came, a plague came, and people died. It, it, it didn't end up so well. But now the God kind of faith, the God kind of faith has a basis, and that basis is the Word of God. I've really emphasized this throughout this teaching. The God kind of faith, the basis is what Christ has done, not what we see with our naked or physical eyes, not what we touch with our, our, our bare hands. It's not that. And just like, just like Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to, to 9 tells us, uh, Manu, you can read that for us. For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. I think the next lesson I'll, I'll really explain the role of grace in faith. But grace supplies, but faith takes a hold of. So it is by grace that forgiveness, righteousness has been supplied. But it is through faith that we take it. That is why he talks about believing. Uh, many people will say, everyone, Jesus is so loving, God is so loving, so no one will go to hell. Everyone is a believer. You can... No, it's not true. It's true. He's pardoned everyone, but we have to receive the pardon. It is just like you having me depositing money for you in the account. You need to withdraw it. So it's like faith makes the withdrawal. You, you, the money is there. It's yours. You're entitled to it, but you have to take the card and, and, and put it in the ATM machine or go to the counter and sign for the cash. It is, that is what faith does. So if grace has not supplied it, there is no faith. Even with a good kind of faith, you can't claim anything. You can't say, by faith, I believe I will steal more this month from my boss. You see, grace has not supplied grace. There is no grace for stealing. So you, you, th that's not faith. And many people will get scriptures and say, he says, whatsoever things you say and you believe, you shall have it. You see, the context is whatsoever things he has provided through his grace, whatsoever things Christ paid for when he died on the cross. So there are many things. You, 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 you can't claim somebody's spouse. You can't, you can't claim somebody's property. You can't, you can't just want somebody to die. You see, you, it, grace, grace, grace is what Christ has provided, and faith takes a hold of this. So th this, is the good, this is the good kind of faith. The basis is in what Christ has accomplished. And we've seen right from the Old Testament, we've seen people who have, uh, where God allowed it in the, in the Old Testament for people to, to live or to walk in this God kind of faith at times. We see it with Moses. Moses brings the children of Israel to the Red Sea. Now, when he brings them to the Red Sea, that was not human faith because there was no boat. There was no ship. And the, even if there was no ship, even if there was a ship, imagine that time which ship could carry three million people. If there were three million people, there is no sheep, but he brings them. How does he see a way in the sea? How is everyone going to swim through the sea? Yeah, they had their gold, their ducks, their sheep, their everything, but he brings him there. So this is the faith of God. By the time he turns and tells these people, stand still and you shall see the salvation of the Lord. He was not... He was not talking about something that was tangible, something that was seen, something that was... And many times, that's why people say that there is a thin line between foolishness and faith. It is very true. But you see, faith will always avail. He tells us that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So faith will always prevail. Definitely when you're engaging it, it will look foolish. It will look, it, it, it will look stupid. But the results will vindicate it. The results will show that these are the good kind of faith. We look at Elisha. They were surrounded by an army. You remember Elisha and Gehazi. And Gehazi is panicking. He's, 
he, he can't see hope out of the situation. Imagine this is just Elisha and Gehazi. They don't have an army. They don't have bodyguards. They, and a whole army is surrounding them. And Elijah says, oh God, open his eyes. It is not that Elisha was not seeing. It's not that, I mean, it's not that Gehazi was not seeing. It's not that Gehazi was blind. His eyes were wide open. But you see, he's talking about the eyes of the Spirit. I talked about this in part, I think it was part one. I talked about this, that the, the, the eyes he talks about in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, that your eyes being enlightened, he's praying that let Gehazi see by the Spirit. Let him see by the Spirit so that he can see that those that are for us are more than those that are against us. That was the God kind of faith also because it was not based on anything that physical eyes could see. It was not based, Elijah was not, Elisha was not thinking, oh, the king shall protect us. He was not thinking there's a certain, maybe Naaman, because you know they are the ones who helped Naaman. Maybe Naaman will help us and send an army. It is not that. We also look at Elijah. Elijah calling fire from heaven. That, that was also not something that is human faith. Otherwise, the prophets of Baal would have been able to call because they were also human. That was something different. Naman, Naman is told to dip himself in the Jordan. The Jordan is believed to have been swampy, to have been dirty. You see, when somebody has infections and what, you keep them from that as much as possible. But you see, he has leprosy and he's told to go into to go in to dip himself into a dirty, a dirty river. He was not even told to first go and take a tetanus shot. But he just goes and dips himself there. Then he comes out clean. You see, you don't go into a dirty river to get clean. But he comes out healed. This was what Naaman did. Naaman engaged the God kind of faith. He had Elisha tell him this and he engaged it. There was no... There was no there is no logical way of Naaman explaining. To, he, you know, he would not call his wife and say, oh, things are going well. He's just told me to dip myself into this dirty river with sewage and I'll be fine. You see, he, he would not be able to explain that. He would not be able to, to, to explain how that works to his wife logically. And this is what I'm talking about. That's how the good kind of faith works. And we see it also in the New Testament. Jairus' daughter, he tells Jesus, just speak a word. Speak a word and she will be healed where she is. Speak a word. That is not human faith. You see, if, even Christians who believe the Bible who have read this and tell them, let's pray for you. No, 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 pastor, you must come and lay hands. Or you must come and... Few people believe this because it's not logical. As in how shall you speaking a word from here? Jesus was not even speaking it on phone. At least if it were on phone. He's not speaking it on phone. How is it going to kill bacteria and viruses that side? That is God kind of faith here. Mary's pregnancy. The angel comes to Mary and tells Mary, you shall be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. People don't get pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Where, where else have you heard that from? It's street may be a line that sisters in church can use. But... It, by this time of Mary, it's not something that had happened. We had never seen it. But she says, so let it be upon me. And she believed it's going to happen. And because she said, let it be, in other words, she said, amen to it. It happened. We look at Lazarus, Jesus raising Lazarus. They say, he's dead for four days. This really requires the God kind of faith. Because at least if he was in a coma, you know, there is a way doctors can also resuscitate somebody in a coma. There is a way they can bring them back to life. But this one is dead. Not one day, four days, smelling, stinking. In other words, he was rotting, decaying. And he comes and says, Lazarus, man, how do you speak to a dead person who has been dead for four days? How do you call them to come out? How do you just come up? But you see, we see it earlier. And it's, it seems foolish to the world. Even today as you engage your faith, many things may seem foolish to the world. But you see, when you see with the eyes of your spirit, you become so sure of what you see. It becomes tangible. It becomes a reality to you who has engaged this faith. And Jesus told them, Lazarus is sleeping. And he showed it when he go to the tomb. Because you see somebody who is sleeping, you call them and they wake up. Some people. There are people who you, <laughs> you can call forever and they will not wake up. But... 
no, a normal human being should wake up when you call them. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus just calls him. He says, Lazarus, Lazarus, wake up. And Lazarus comes out. Yeah. And this God kind of faith, every child of God has it. The God faith. Sorry for, I, I keep calling it the God kind. I don't, I, I don't want you to call it the God kind. I want you to call it the God faith. You have the God faith. Every child of God. It's not just like the faith of God. It's the God faith. Uh, let's read Romans chapter 12, verse 3. I know we, we normally read verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the masses of God, you present your bodies, be not conformed to the sons of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But verse 3, just after that, what does he tell us in verse 3? You see, in verse, in, in verse 2, he's telling us not to conform to the standards of the world. To conform to the standards of the world is to take on the mold of the world. To take on what? When the world says, that is impossible. Even you as a child of God, you say, that is impossible. That is what we are created for. You as a child of God, you're created for the impossible. Yeah, so Manu, you read for us that. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. I like that, because that, it's, it's the King James that says that, that he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. The measure of faith. You see, what is very encouraging about this, which should encourage you even as a child of God, Many people will say a measure of faith, and but it's not a measure of faith. It's the measure of faith. The measure of faith means it's the same. A measure of faith means I've given to, to Manu half a, a mug, then I scoop uh, three quarters for somebody else. I, but he said the measure of faith. So if he's using, if the, the measurement he's using is a mug, each person has been given the same measure, a full mug. Each person has been given the same. That is what he's telling us. This is the God kind of faith. The day you got born again, this faith was given to you. The God kind of faith. This is why I said at the beginning that go and listen to spirit, soul, and body. It helps you to understand all this better. And this measure, the measure of faith that we have been given, Galatians 2.20. Let's read Galatians 2.20. Then I get into this. I'll explain this. But Galatians 2.20, Paul is talking about this faith. Let's read. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is saying, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He's not saying I live by the faith in the Son of God. He's saying by the faith of the Son of God. In other words, Paul had the faith of the Son of God. He was given the faith of the Son of God. So some versions, I think it's either NLT or Passion Translation, that will say that it is him, it is his life that I'm living every day. The faith of the Son of God. That is the faith that overcomes the world. The faith that he has given to us. And the truth is that this faith never fails. At times it's so hard to say such things, but if it didn't work, it wasn't faith. Faith works. And you may say, oh, but are you saying this? No, 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 I'm saying nothing. I'm saying that the word of God is right. Uh, you may have something you believe. There may be an experience. But if I'm, I'm to choose, if I had a letter from you and a letter from God, uh, I would doubt yours. I wouldn't doubt his. So if he's, many times he's told us faith, this is the faith that overcomes, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, meaning it works. And it works all the time. It's been proven. It works all the time. So as I, you're given this faith, and this faith is in your spirit, man, it is there, this measure of faith. What we need to learn as Christians is to release it. What we need to learn as Christians is to renew our mind. That's why he's telling us not to be conformed to the standards of the world because as we get conformed to the standards of the world, we block or we negate that, that faith. We, there's resistance that we put. It is just like, we have a socket. We have, we have sockets here. Or in your house, you have a socket. That socket, in a way, is... It resists current from flowing. You see, when you switch off, 
But you see, that current is ever there. So you, you, you stick your finger in. You may not be shocked if the socket works well and it's switched off. You, you may not be shocked because you see something has been put in place. Some, something, has been, something has cut the circuit. Something has blocked the food. The circuit is not complete. But you see, when it's switched on, it's complete. So it's not that when it's switched on, that's when power comes to the sockets. Oh, that's when power comes to your house. And it's the same thing with faith. It is there. The measure of faith has been given to you. But you see, as we, con we, we conform to the standards of this world, we believe everything like this world. We believe, oh, this coronavirus is going to finish us. We are all going to die. Our businesses are going to... Uh, you see, that is like we've put resistance in there. There is no way that faith is going to flow out. There is no way we are going to see it at work. It is until we remove some of those things. And... Now, for this God kind of, you see, that should excite you that everyone has the God kind of faith. You have faith to raise the dead. You have faith to heal the sick. It is on the inside of you. He says that the same power, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells inside you and shall, vitalize, you, shall vitalize your mortal body. Many things he speaks about are so great for human beings to comprehend. But these are the things that he's put in you as a child of God. So, why are we not walking in some of these things as, as children of God? Why are we not walking in the God kind of faith? You see, today I want to, I want to start on this. I want, to, I want to show us that we can walk in this kind of faith. God has given it to us. And this faith is beyond believing. It's not believing. Uh, it's not positive confession. It's not positive thinking. It is beyond that. It is a supernatural treasure. It, the, the measure that has been given to you, it's a supernatural treasure. For you to be able to see things that others do not see, it does not come by positive thinking. Many people have been healed. Lame people have been healed. Bones have gone back in an instant. Eyes have opened. People that have been born without eyes, eyes have been recreated. That did not come because of positive thinking. You can sit a blind man down and give him all the positive thinking you can, and those eyes will never come back. He may feel good about himself, but those eyes may never come back. Positive thinking is not going to... We are seeing Paul in Acts when the, the, their ship was wrecked. Positive thinking is not going to keep you afloat when the ship is wrecked. It is that faith, the faith of God. Positive thinking does not open the Red Sea. And you see, there are many people who come and disqualify this, but it is because of that. It's because they are thinking by human faith. Their eyes have never been opened. Somebody made a documentary and is really explaining how the Red Sea was always shallow. A time came where a wind would blow because it was just, it was, they say it was what? Is it six feet deep or what? That a wind always blew and not, not, not six feet, they say, I don't know, inches, but very shallow. They say it's very shallow, it used to be shallow at that point, so there are winds that used to come, so those winds would blow. So that time Moses got there, the winds blew, and, 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 and they were able to pass. You see, even in speaking, he can't see how he's so flawed in his speaking. It was such a great miracle that Pharaoh decided to release them at the time the wind blows. Then Moses decided to be there at the time the wind blows. That everything worked out perfect that they had to be there at the time the wind blows. That would also be a miracle. It would also be a miracle that you managed to, to, to plead with Pharaoh until he gave in on the day that the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind, the wind blows the water away. And now the great one is this. Pharaoh's chariots and Pharaoh, they drowned in that shallow water. That, 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 that's even a greater one. <laughs> so still it's, it's, it's a miracle either way because it was able to sink them. It was, and historians, archaeologists have found the remains of the chariots. This is not, it's not just Bible. Archaeologists have found this, the, the remains, the remains of the, the, the people that, that sank or drowned in the Red Sea. This is the God kind of faith that we are talking about. So it's not positive thinking, it's not believing. Many Christians believe but do not walk in this faith. James tells us that demons believe, they even tremble. There are Christians who don't even tremble. <laughs> there are Christians who treat things of God lightly. They're like, oh, that's Pentecostalism. Oh, that's, that's too much. He's saying demons tremble. 
It's like they're even more reverent than many Christians. You ask Christians, how many believe God heals? They'll put up their hand. How many believe God provides? How many believe God raises the dead? How many believe God protects? Then coronavirus hits. That's when you realize it's true they believe, but they are not walking in that faith. They, they don't engage faith in that area. Abraham, I believe God heals. Then bring a sick person in front and say, who is going to lay hands on this person and get them healed? That's when you realize they, they are not walking in that faith. They are not living the walk of faith. They are not in a walk of faith. They believe it. Believing it is good, but faith goes beyond believing it. Faith makes it a reality. When he says it is the evidence of things unseen, you see, it's not human faith. That they are unseen, it doesn't mean they are not real. Faith makes them real to us. This is what he's, this is what he's talking, this is what God is telling us. And when you engage it beyond believing, the results will be seen. I've given you examples of what appeals to human faith, but it will show us this goes beyond. Like I've given you the example of electricity. Electricity has always been here, just like faith. Rules, there are rules or there are laws of faith. And when these laws are engaged, you see, when laws are engaged, they get the results. Many times we don't get results because the laws have not been engaged. So electricity did not come the time Michael Faraday, or all these people who have talked about electricity. That's not the time. Electricity was always here. God created electricity. And when they didn't know the laws of electricity, people died to electricity. Lightning shocked people and they died. They didn't know the laws, but it was always there. When we got to understand the laws, we were able to harness electricity. And it, 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 it supplies us well. And when we violate the laws, it does not matter whether you're innocent. It does not matter. You touch that live wire uh, and you're asked very well. <laughs> it, it does not matter whether you're young, whether you're below 18. <laughs> Same thing with gravity. Gravity has always been here. And whether you don't believe it, you just walk off a building and you realize that it does not care whether you believe it or not. It is the same thing with faith. The laws of faith are there. And you engage them, you will see it at work. This faith, the God kind of faith that we have been given. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we've talked about this over and over, but we will read it still. It's a very powerful scripture and it's good for you to remind yourself of it. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Manu, you can read for us. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Can we get it in Amplified also? We walk by faith, not by sight. We, in other words, we don't, we don't just live our lives. Our lives are not just limited to what we see. Man, there is a beautiful life that God has for you. Yeah, let's read in Amplified. For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. With trust and holy father, thus we walk, not by sight or appearance. Not by sight or appearance. This is what began the Christian walk. Look at how you got born again. How did you get born again? Who of you knows the color of sin? Or who told you it's even sin? Who told you there is anything like sin? Who told you there is hell or heaven? Have you ever seen this? How did you believe that Jesus was coming into your heart? How did you believe that you were forgiven? It is because faith, you received faith. And you saw what no one was seeing. You saw what people make fun of. You saw what people regard foolish. You believed you were a sinner. And sin became reality to you. And forgiveness became a greater reality. Mercy became a greater reality. His grace became a greater reality. Righteousness became a greater reality. And by faith, you received his righteousness. You received his forgiveness. This was not based on anything tangible. This was not based on anything that can be seen. That is the God kind of faith. And how did it come? It came through the word of God. What does Romans 10, 17 tell us? Romans 10, 17 tells us, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That is how faith comes. The word of God opened your eyes. It opened your spiritual eyes. It opened the eyes that many people don't engage. 
So like I was saying, many Christians will believe many of these things, but they don't walk in them. As children of God, we are not meant to be living a life of defeat. Like he says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That no matter the season, no matter the situation, we stand above, we reign, we rule above. And this is the life that we see in Jesus. This is the life we see in Paul. This is the life we see in Peter. And this doesn't mean that challenges will not come. They come, but we soar above them. We are like an eagle. You see, an eagle waits for the storm and it spreads its wings. And the storm that is killing and destroying other people is the very thing that carries the eagle high. Just like during this season, I know there are many Christians who have engaged their faith and they are thriving because they've engaged their faith. There are Christians whose businesses are growing. There are Christians who have peace. They've lost jobs. They don't even have where to eat, but they are not sunk. They are not, they are not beaten. They are not, it's what Paul says, pressed on all sides, persecuted. He says all this, we are not crushed. We are not finished. We are not dead. That's what Paul was saying. Why? Because his eyes were opened by the word of God, that he was seeing a reality that other people were not seeing. That is the God kind of faith. That is the faith that is given to you as a child of God and to everyone. And you know, I've seen this, like, we believe, many of us who are charismatic, Pentecostals, um, new creation believers, we believe the will of God is for everyone to be healed. We believe God wants to prosper us. We believe these things that we've seen in the Word of God. But there are sects, there are denominations that don't even believe in this. And yet, we find that there are many Pentecostals, many charismatic people that don't walk these very things. They sing them, they talk about them, but you don't see them in their day-to-day -day life. You find that many of them believe by his stripes you are healed, but they keep falling sick, they keep falling sick. They can even defend their sickness. They will even tell you, are you meaning that I don't believe? Are you meaning that I don't have faith? You have it, but you're not using it. I don't know. I don't have a polite way to say that. But he says that faith works. It always works. So if you've not got that victory, <laughs> he can't be wrong. He can't be lying. It is true. And yet I've seen people who are of other denominations, who are not even of who are not sure of some of these things. People who say, no, God only heals when it is his will and what. And a time came where they engaged the law and they saw things work. People that don't speak in tongues, people that are not filled with the Holy Spirit, and they just said, my mom cannot die. And that time they got the word of God and they refused. And they, they, they are not even sure if God is always willing to heal. But you see, when they engaged the law, it worked. Just like it does not matter if you're an electrician or not, if you engage the law, if you, get, if you have the live wire and the neutral and you complete the circuit, power will flow. You don't need to be an electrician. So it is not just about believing. It is not just about knowing. Many people know. And for us to keep living in this faith, like we've read from Romans 10, 17, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I like that it is continuous. Cometh or comes. He's not saying faith came when we heard the word of God. And it's it came, but it will keep coming that way. This is like manna, manna that the children of Israel were eating. It had to be fresh. You didn't store yesterday's manna to eat today. You would find it rotten with maggots in it. That is how it happened. So there are many people who read about healing years ago, and they're wondering why they're not working in divine health. People read about whatever peace long ago. Somebody asked this question. Have you ever eaten a potato? Yes, I've eaten a potato. Do you know how it tastes? Yes. Do you know how it smells? Yes. So are you satisfied? You need to eat it. You can't say, I've ever read the word of God. I've ever read, I know what it says about healing. We need to remind ourselves every day. Every day you remind you, you get into it. You get into those healing scriptures. You get into those scriptures that assure you of your peace. You get into those scriptures that assure you about your, your freedom from sin, about your righteousness every day. That is why we find that many of us as Christians know these things, but we've become religious. And I'm telling you that is the hardest Christian to deal with, a Christian who has known these things, because they can quote them, but they are not walking in them. Because, you see, they, they, they got them, and 
they put them aside. That's a finished deal. They read it the way you read uh, literature sets in, 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 in high school. How you read and say, I finished things fall apart. I finished King Lear. I finished uh, Merchant of Venice. You, 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 you say, I finished, and you move on to another thing. That is not how the Bible is. This is life. It is living. Like the manna was, they had to take it fresh every day. And every day when you take it, your eyes are opened every day. So for us to keep in the walk of faith, we have to keep at it. Look at this. You've seen soldiers, marines, or navy people. You see, they have maps that they use to navigate wherever they are going. It, they, don't, they don't cram, and even if they've been in a place, they will go back and refer to the map so that they don't have any mistakes. Now, that's what the devil takes advantage of among his Christians. If this is our map, many Christians are so confident that they've mastered it, so they don't need to go back to it. And they keep wondering, why isn't it working in my life? I've read all of it. I've, you've read it. Read it. Reread it. Get back into it. Why? Because that is where the perfect will of God for you is. That is where he speaks about, about whatever grace has provided that you can take by this good kind of faith. And what does he say in Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23? This is also one other thing that will help us to, to walk or to live in this God faith. Proverbs, yeah. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We, can we get it in amplified version? He's saying, keep your heart. I told you, this, your heart is like... Let, let, let's first read it. Read the amplifier. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Out of it flow the springs of life. In other words, your life is set by what comes out of your heart, the boundaries of your heart. So your heart, you have faith, the faith of God in there. Why does he say guard it? Because whatever you get there, it will. it is just like if you have a, you have a, water, a water tank, Many water tanks that we have, especially in homes where the water tank is at the rooftop, you make sure that water tank has a lid. You guard it. Because whatever gets in that water tank is what you'll get in the tap, it's what you get in your shower, it's what you'll get in your kitchen. But you see, you keep the lid on it so that what you want in is what you will expect out. And you dictate, you determine what gets in it. The same way with our heart. If I want to live in divine health, what am I getting into my heart? If I want to live in divine prosperity, what am I getting in my heart? If I want to live in divine peace, what am I getting in my heart? If I want to be in constant fellowship and communion with God, what am I keeping in my heart? And the number one way to guard your heart is taking the word of God. David says in Psalm 119, in verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It is his heart. And this, as you walk in the, the walk of faith, at times there are friends you know, you're going to keep away. There is entertainment that you're going to keep away. There are things you're not going to listen to. At times you're going to have to switch off the news. You're not going to listen to the news. There are many people who are many things, many things that we fear it is because they were propagated through media. It is uh, something was not as serious as it was. Imagine like right now, records show that this year alone, 2020, flu, the common flu has killed more people than coronavirus. Why are we not so scared of the common flu? Because the statistics have not been so propagated on the media. Otherwise, we would all be terrified. So we are somehow guarded from that. But you see, you guard yourself from a lot of this influence. You take the word of God. This is what you listen to. It opens your eyes to see the reality of God, to see what God has for you. And you walk in this that God has for you. But it has to be fresh every day. Take this word every day. Don't say I've ever studied about healing. Don't say I've studied about peace. I've studied about forgiveness. Every day, remind yourself. Take it as fresh manner. 
take it as fresh manna every day, every day. It may be you're believing for your marriage. You're believing for your business. You're believing for your Christian work to grow more in hearing the voice of God, communing more with God every day. Take it and take it with, don't take it with a mindset of I know it all. Take it like God has written to me a fresh letter. I need to read this letter. I need to understand this. Lastly, we will read Philippians 1.16. 1.16. I mean Philemon, Philemon 1.6. But the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That the communication of your faith, in other words, that the, that, that the administering of your faith or the letting of your faith work will become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Imagine as long as you came in Christ Jesus, whatever is in you is a good thing. You can't start saying sickness came from God. It's not a good thing. You can't keep saying poverty came from God. It's not a good thing. You can't say God brought me depression. It's not a good thing. Every good thing in you, that is what you have in Christ Jesus. And as you acknowledge it, the communication of your faith becomes effective. And many times Christians have taken these things lightly. We go to the church and things are, are spoken by pastors or we study the word. Then when situations we come, we're like, oh, that's too much. That's Pentecostalism. That's, that's name it and claim it. It's the name it and claim it bunch. That's, you know, that's what we would have said to Elisha. Because Elisha told Gehazi, those that surround us are more than, they are more than the ones the ours, the ones on our side are more than the ones that are against us. We'd have said, oh, Elisha is just a name it, claim it preacher. But you see, your eyes are open to this. It's true. Certain things have been taken over, but they've been abused. But there's a truth in it. He wants us to see it, acknowledge it, and utter it, confess it. I have seen it. What is that good thing in Christ Jesus in me? Is that by his stripes I was healed. 2,000 years ago. He also says, they that dwell in Zion shall not say that I am sick. He says that he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. That is a good thing. I acknowledge that. I believe he did it. He did it for me. So I may get a report. It may be a bad report from the doctor. Thank God for doctors. But you see, I can start acknowledging what God has said. And as I acknowledge what God has said, things that are not seen become a reality. They become a reality because grace has already provided them. Faith appropriates them. Child of God, you can start living above the mediocrity that we see in the world. You can start living and enjoying life at another level. There is another level for you. Life is not meant to be you just going through motions. Life is not meant to be just you going to church and singing good songs and hearing the word and having your morals modified. It is beyond that. There is a world that is unseen to the physical eyes and that world is way better than the seen world. That world is way better than the seen world. Hollywood people have tried to put it in superhero movies. Imagine. That shows you what man is longing for. God created you to live by faith. God created you to walk by faith. Because that is where the victory that overcomes the world is. What is the world? The world is sickness, stress, poverty, condemnation, guilt, these are all the things that we find in the world. He's saying that this that we have, if we walk in it, we will walk above all those things. And we will see ourselves reigning in this life. I want you to think about that. I want you to meditate upon it. I want you to engage faith this week. As you study the word of God every day, study it afresh. Yeah? You, you, you fast from the movies. 
very fast from some of these things. It's not that there's anything wrong with movies. It's not that there's anything wrong with... I watch movies. I, 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 I watch football. I, I do all these things. But at times you realize that you're giving them more time than you're giving the Word of God. And at times we are wondering, why are things not working as they're meant to work? Why don't we have the joy that we're meant to have? Why are we not experiencing the peace that we're meant to have? It is because we've put in our hearts so little of the Word of God, which carries real freedom. And as you engage faith, it works. The Word of God is true. Let all men be liars, but he will remain true. If he's told us this is the victory that overcomes the world, it does. It does. Let your experience or what you've gone through, let it not, let the devil not use it to make weak the word of God. Don't allow your experience, what you've gone through, it may be an illness, somebody that everyone prayed for, everyone believed for, and maybe you didn't see them healed. Some of them died. It may be a job that you believed for. It may be breaking a certain addiction. And you didn't see the desired results. Many times the devil will take that experience and use it to make you believe that the word of God may not be true. To make you believe that sometimes the word of God is not going to work. Don't believe that lie. It is because the devil does not want you to enjoy this higher life. Stick there. Stick there. As you stick to the word of God, you will surely come out with that testimony. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Maybe you're a child of God and you believe all these things like I've been saying, but you're not walking in them. Like I've told you, believing them is not enough. Start getting in the word of God. Get in the word of God for your marriage. Get in the word of God for your business. Get in the word of God for your spiritual life. Knowing Jesus more. Get in the word of God. Afresh. Read it like you've never read it. Take every piece of it seriously. Glean on it. Take in everything. Your eyes will be opened. And you will see the new normal. You will see a new reality that God has for you. And you will see this thing.